How would your life change if you love Mondays more? Is career happiness reserved for the chosen few? Do you feel in your heart of hearts that you are meant to do something more? Hi there, I'm Brenda Pearson and I'm a career happiness coach. I work with clients every day to address questions just like these. Over a span of 20 plus years, I've been fortunate to contribute to the growth and development of so many talented individuals and leaders. And that's why I really wanted to launch this podcast to introduce you to some of these people and lessons that have inspired me throughout my career journey to help you get one step closer to bringing your real and best self to work, perhaps even to take that leap and to love Mondays more. Welcome to the TGIM podcast. What a great guest we have on today's TGIM podcast. I first met Karen Rao when I conducted his admissions interview for the Ivy MBA program. And when I first launched my happiness coaching practice, he was one of the initial supporters right out of the gate. So today we delve into the topic of goal setting, what we get wrong about goals. And we also talk about the difference between a goal and a vision and how that vision can act as fuel when the going gets tough. Importantly, we also get into the weeds and provide practical ideas on how to create and sustain a vision for life. Hi, Karen. Hi, Brenda. <laughs> Thanks, Karen, for joining me on uh, what's the early days of, uh, of my podcast journey. Um, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am to have you here today. Uh, when I uh, first launched my happiness coaching practice, you were definitely one of the first supporters out of the gate. And I want to thank you for that. Absolutely. No problem. This is this kind of stuff is really exciting to me. So I'm glad to be here on the journey with you. <laughs> awesome. And because it's early days of this podcast, uh, I am for sure in pilot mode. And I do. I just want to thank you for being such a, um, again, a big champion of me, um, but more importantly, my mission. And today and, and ongoing, thanks for, uh, for, for your patience and taking this leap with me. I'm excited. Yes, let's do it. Let's hope right. that we leap and we land on some relatively soft ground here. So, but I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. Well, when I thought about our discussion today and thinking about the podcast, here are a few things I know for sure when it comes to the goals um, and themes of the podcast as it relates overall to, I believe, our, our, our mutual mission. Um, right. I think number one, uh, you know, it, it really is my mission to inspire other people to live their best lives. Uh, number yep. two, you know, by interviewing, you know, I would say <laughs> regular people um, who are living examples uh, of individuals who are living their best lives. Uh, I believe there's so much extraordinary in the ordinary. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, untapped potential out there, and it's really important to bring it out and make it accessible for everybody. So that, that's great stuff. Yeah, awesome. And then lastly, uh, I also want to highlight the importance of you know, career happiness in, in general yeah. and tools and approaches that people can utilize, basically so that they can bring their best and real self to work, you know, most days anyway, because we are, we are human after all, right? That's true. Mondays are real. So no, but, but, but it makes sense. You definitely want to be bringing your best and real self to work as many days as you can and as many days of the week as you can. So totally on board with that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and that my friend is where you absolutely come in. Uh, we are definitely like-minded when it comes to self-improvement goals and um, our philosophy when it comes to 
geeking out over things, all things <laughs> related to living our best life. True, um, true. So for everybody here and everybody listening, thank you for joining us. As a quick warm up, uh, I just wanted to share that I met Karen uh, when I was working in the career management team at the Ivy Business School. So for those that are and not aware. Yeah, in fact, uh, for everybody out there, uh, Brenda actually did my admissions interview, interestingly enough. I don't know if you remember that, but that was actually uh, the first time we spoke before I even joined the program. So that's how far back we go, really. It's crazy. Yeah, that, that's going back probably six years now, I would think, isn't it? Oh, wow. Don't make me feel old. <laughs> you, you and me both. Uh, but I did, obviously, clearly, because you got into the program. Um, I knew that you were pretty special then. And I'm so happy that we've been able to keep in touch since then. Um, yeah. So I guess, Karen, I'm going to turn it to you, you know, for a starting point. Maybe let's get to know you a little bit more. Who is Karen Rao? Sounds great. You know, it's, it's a, where do you start with a question like that, right? You could pretty much go as many different ways or keep it as simple as possible. But you know what? Let me try and had like a little bit of a philosophical twist on this. So I'm somebody that really is quite fascinated with the human experience in general. I'm someone particularly who, who is fascinated by the field of self-development and self-realization. And I've been on an interesting journey over these past few years, um, coming from a young child living in the Middle East, kind of growing up and experiencing life there with the very different culture that that country has to offer, to emigrating here as a student in my late teens, to transitioning into the workforce as a 20 year old and now muddling through life as a 30 something married adult, you know, trying to see what the next innings of life has in store for me. It's definitely not been a linear path. There've been a lot of opportunities for growth, learning, reflection, sometimes not always happy, but there's always been something that's come out of it. And I'm just excited to speak to you in today generally to kind of flesh some of that out and just talk about a topic and subject that's very near and dear to my heart, which is the topic of our podcast today, which is the importance of having a vision in life. Uh, I, I love it. Um, thanks so much, Karen. Um, I know. And just for the, for everybody um, here, this is also, this is your podcast debut. So I'm that's privileged. Right. <laughs> I'm so privileged to be a part of this. So maybe can you tell us a little bit why, you know, when coming here today, did you want to talk about the importance of having a vision and how do you feel that relates to your own work life and or professional business goals? So that's actually a great question. And I want to put this in context for everybody out there as, as well as myself and yourself. We all have dreams for things that we want in life you know, from when we're younger, we want to get into that dream school or that dream university. We want to become a successful entrepreneur, which I hope you will be and you're continuing to do that, Brenda, to be Thank a you. better parent or be a better partner in life, you know, to the people closest to you, or maybe to better serve your community. We all want these things. But haven't we, hasn't it always happened that we start to make plans, we start to create schedules, we sign up for classes, we take those initial steps only to get flustered the minute things get just a little bit more challenging and there's some resistance, maybe something in the environment that doesn't exactly meet with what we're trying to do. How many of us soldier on after that versus how many of us just get fed up or get flustered and realize, you know what, it's too difficult or you know what, it's me, I can't do that. 
it's too big of a task for me. How many of us have been there? I've certainly been there a lot in my life and definitely more in the recent past as I've navigated from the MBA program into adulthood, trying to find my place in the world, in the corporate world, as well as in personal life. You know, so there's a lot of things that I want to do, but I've always, but I've been in a lot of situations where I start out with a lot of good intentions, but somewhere down the road, something happens. There's usually an obstacle. There's usually some sort of resistance. I've been in that situation where I've struggled and had good intentions right at the outset, but then for some reason or the other, it hasn't happened. And a lot of the times it's because the intention that I set out or the goal that I set out wasn't clear enough, wasn't meaningful enough and wasn't compelling enough and didn't have enough steam to get me through to where I needed to go. And I think all of us have been in that situation. And what I think is really important before embarking on any of these kinds of things, and which is what we're going to talk about today, is how do we define that goal or more broadly vision for ourselves so that we know that before going into something, we know that it's going to stick. And we know that if even if we encounter some resistance or some obstacles, we're not going to just give up, that we know to persevere and that we know that it's going to be worth it at the end because it makes sense to us and it's meaningful to us. So that's really what I wanted to talk about is why it's so important to have such a compelling and clear vision for what you want. So then you can align your efforts and your goals and your outcomes accordingly. Yeah. And as I understand it from conversations, Karen, that we've had, you know, the vision in itself is something that actually fuels, you know, the goals that actually lead to, you know, the, your sort of compelling future or the, the outcomes that you've, you've set out, but you're absolutely right. Um, I'm definitely guilty of this. And the many people that I have coached over the years, uh, guilty of, for whatever reason, you throw your own roadblocks in the way of uh, achieving these goals, um, whether or not right. it's, you know, in forms of procrastination um, or simply, you know, getting caught up in what we like to, to refer to as uh, the mundane middle, right? Yeah, Sometimes exactly. you have a lot of fuel and energy and you start things and are excited, but then then there's a grind and, and it takes a lot of grit and effort to, to make things happen. So the importance, I, I guess, of tying it back to some sort of overall uh, vision or having a North Star to work towards. The why is uh, really the crucial part of that. It's especially when you are in that mundane middle part of things, it's because it's mundane, because there's nothing magical about the day-to-day -day grind. It's what can you look forward to or what can you anchor yourself to when you're kind of going through those slogs, when you're going through those hard days, because it's not, it's, it's not going to be fun and happy all the time. There will be days when you're tested, when there are obstacles in the way. But what keeps you grounded? What keeps you relevant? And what keeps you looking forward? That's really what the importance of a vision is to me. And I hope that's something we can unpack in this chat a little bit more and just share with the rest of the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure. Uh, in true Brenda fashion, I always, you know, um, have this expression, like let's take a couple steps back, but I do think just so that all of us are on the same page and uh, have a full understanding of what we're referring to when we're referencing a vision in our discussion today. Um, maybe if you don't mind, Karen, if you can sort of share and give a sort of a foundational understanding of, of how you define a vision. Yeah, absolutely. So 
for me, and, and, and to your point, there are a lot of in ways a vision can be interpreted. But for myself, what a vision, a clear vision is, is something that when you put it in front of you, it, it, it clearly answers the question of why am I doing this? And what is in it for me? It provides direction and guidance and sets a clear course towards a better future for your life. It is a goal or it is a visualization of what your life can look like in the future. And most of the time, it is a future where you are better off because you've achieved certain things, you have overcome certain obstacles. So it is a projection of what your best life or a better life for yourself can be going forward. And really, that's what it is. It, it's, it's a picture that you painted for yourself that shows you in the future living a life uh, full of happiness, joy, and overcoming and achieving everything that you have set out to achieve. That's in the simplest terms, what I would say is a, is a compelling vision. I love that. I love the idea of the projection of what your best self or your better life could be and what it could look like. That's, yeah, I think that's pretty clear um, and pretty compelling. Exactly. What would you say it, then um, would be some tools or approaches for constructing a meaningful vision for yourself? Yeah, so... I think a lot of the times when we think about vision, we tend to fall into the trap of it needs to be this big, very complex, very meaty kind of uh, thing that needs to sit on top of us and it needs to guide every decision we make in, in every part of life. And to some extent, maybe some of that is true, but it, it does have to be compelling and powerful. And it has to be something that you can go back to every time just to make sure that you are headed down the right path in the right direction. But I think a few things that we can consider when we're thinking about how to plot out a clear vision for something that we want in life, and it doesn't just have to be for career success, it can be for having a better relationship with your friends, with your partner, with your children. You know, how, how do you bring your best self to those situations and a lot of the times, there's a few things. I break it down into about three different themes uh, that we could talk about as far as what are tools to construct a good vision. And that's really understand one, it's understanding the difference between a goal, an outcome, and a vision. A lot of the times, we tend to focus a lot on outcomes and goals which are great. Those, those are the end result of efforts and activities. But a lot of the times, if they're not guided by a clear vision, they can seem like it's a waste of time or a waste of effort and it doesn't really, and it's not meaningful. So understanding what the difference between those three things is, is pretty key. Number, the second thing that I'd like to talk about is constructing a compelling and meaningful vision. You know, if the vision doesn't matter to you enough, it's not personal to you, it's not relevant to you, or it's just not easy to visualize and it's not easy for you to come back to it, you know, when, especially when times are tough, then it's not gonna sustain. You're not gonna feel like it matters or has any significance for you. And you're eventually going to be, it's gonna be cast aside like many other half-finished products 
projects and products that you have in your life. I love I, I love this model, and I think in life uh, we get caught in the trap of overcomplicating things. Yes, and so absolutely. I, I love the simple model of uh, having a vision as the the foundation. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's the why, right? The purpose, the why, the compelling future, and the differentiated between the goal. That feels a little bit more about the how, right? Um, setting some clear goals and tangible goals, maybe even tied to timelines and how you're going to get there. And there is actually the outcome um, that you're related. Any, any way that you can maybe put this in, um, make this even a little bit more tangible, <laughs> um, because I know some people are, are very conceptual, but unlike those people, I'm a, a lot more tactical. And oh, don't worry. I'm in the same, I'm in the okay. same boat, Brenda. So absolutely. You know, I know that sometimes it's easier to understand things when they're kind of put out into the real world in practice. So let's talk about something that maybe any one of us could probably face that, uh, on a day-to-day basis. So let's take the example of running a 5K race, you know, the, and let's go down, work backwards from the outcome to the goal, and then finally to the vision. So the outcome is the direct result of any actions we take. For example, in this scenario, it would be winning the first place ribbon in a 5K race to fight cancer. That's a pretty direct and pretty clear outcome and action if that i could happens. jump in for me mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it would be crossing the finish line <laughs> in one piece but uh, but yeah sorry well, continue there, there we go that, that, that's an outcome too like you know crossing yeah. the finish line in one piece that's an outcome too it's very clear very very specific and it is the result of all of the effort that you put in all the time you put in the end result of all of that is you crossing the line <laughs> or in our example kind of coming first right so and then let's work. And if we work backwards from that, from the act of actually winning the race, the 5K race, a goal is more time bound in nature. And there are more specific targets that move you towards that outcome. So if the outcome is actually winning the race, a goal that ties to that outcome would be bettering your 5K runtime every week in the three months leading up to the race. You know, there is a specific timeline that you've established for yourself, a specific task that you've established for yourself. And there's a specific thing that you want to get done in those three months, which is bettering your time, which will eventually lead to the outcome. And so you've got the you've got the outcome, you've got the goal. But when we talk about vision, it's what are we doing this for? You know, why are we running this race? Is it just to prove that to ourselves that we can run as fast as we can, that we can run a really good 5K? Well, if that might be the case, but maybe then this will be the only 5K that you run in your life. You know, you do it once, you train really hard, you run the 5K and you're like, okay, done. I've crossed it off my list. It's a goal that I accomplished. But what's the bigger picture? You know, really, why did you do it? Like, what, what was the more abstract and broader reason for running this race and that my friends is where the actual vision part of this process comes in the outcomes and goals are essential in helping you achieve but a well-crafted vision what it does is that it inspires motivates and keeps you excited especially during times of stress difficulty and challenge and in this example a good vision 
or, or an example of a of a compelling enough vision would be, you know what, I want to make a lasting impact in my community and raise awareness for the rights of cancer patients. It's bigger than just me. It's bigger than just I want to win a race. I want to run this race as a way to raise awareness in the community for cancer patients. And it's a bigger purpose than just the achievement of that outcome. And that's kind of the best way, a, a way that I can help explain kind of the relation between outcome, goals, and vision. Oh, there's so much I want to uh, unpack and, 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 and pin um, I'm there. There was a lot of gold and there are a lot of gold uh, that you just shared. But I think first and foremost, I feel like uh, all of us could benefit from putting a sticky note in full, full, full view saying, what are we doing this for? Uh, because I think as we're approaching our day-to-day -day life and we get stuck in the, whether it's the mundane middle or some frustrating times, it, it, I think it's incredibly powerful to be able to pull back and, and tie into the why and, and, and what really is genuinely motivating us and inspiring us. This does relate to another example. I've used this uh, example quite often in, in, in a few different workshops where you may have heard of the story of the janitor who works in basically the chemo ward. I don't know, Karen, if you've heard that. No, I haven't. Before. I'd love to hear more. So it's a janitor that works in the chemo ward. And, and essentially, when people ask what this individual does, as opposed to saying, I clean up after people, because obviously, you know, it's pretty traumatic and people are very sick and, and, and he needs to keep a clean environment for everybody. He basically uh, comes in and, and talks about how he he improves the lives of patient patient, sorry, cancer patients. Um, mm. and, and helps them go through this awful experience, but he brings a, you know, sort of a shining light because by doing this and by ensuring that, um, he's keeping a really keep clean area around the people, but also doing it with joy and happiness and, and, and sharing some maybe jokes and, and kind of trying to, to, to elevate the mood. Um, so, you know, on the surface, it could be somebody who's, I'm a janitor and I just clean things, but ultimately that the why that that individual has in, in the vision that they've had for their future kind of ties a lot more into the inspiration and what motivates that individual to go to work each day um, as well. So that's pretty and you, cool. And, and you know what, Brenda, what's fascinating is I don't know, uh, I haven't heard this story before, but it would not surprise me at all if what the, the why of this janitor was restricted to just his day job, kind of like what he was doing to help patients. You know, if the why was really that he wanted to make lives of these patients a little bit better a little bit cleaner a little bit more manageable and that meant so much to him i'm pretty sure that he's doing other things uh besides kind of what we we're talking about cleaning the wards he's probably talking to them spending time to them he's probably doing things outside the hospital to kind of raise awareness about this because you know what that you're right the why there is so strong and it probably all of the things that you could do about it, the goals that come out of it and the outcomes that kind of are direct descendants, I guess, uh, or direct uh, consequences of that, they are all tied to kind of his ultimate why, which is, you know what, I wanna make their lives a little bit more manageable and a little bit more pleasant and do what I can kind of to bring that into their lives. So no, that's powerful. That, that, that's definitely a great example of outcome goals and vision. Yeah, and, and, and organizations can certainly take a page out of our, our discussion here in terms of uh, putting the vision of the company at front and center and not just on a billboard or, or on a sign in, the, in one place in the office, but actually finding ways for individuals to live and breathe it each day. But, uh, so this is not just for a personal journey. 
um, but can be applied as well for, for many organizations too. And it's actually a, a problem that some organizations have where the vision that they put together is, which I think is gonna be something that we'll talk about a little bit later, is that the vision that they put together maybe doesn't is done specifically just because they want to kind of tow the company line and have something out there for the sake of having something out there, but it's really not compelling or convincing or the why is not clear in any shape or form. And your vision is only as good as your why, you know, it's, it's only as good as why you're doing this or what you really want to get out of it. Other than that, I mean, it's just a sentence or a couple of sentences on a piece of paper that it, the meaning is kind of what you bring to it and kind of what you want to do with it. Yeah, yeah. And it absolutely brings up another point because it's so easy to get off track, you know, in terms of our goals and moving forward or to get discouraged um, as well. So Karen, what, what are your thoughts of um, and approaches to installing guardrails to ensure that either you personally don't get distracted as you work towards making your vision a reality? So, you know what? I think one of the things that we all are really good at is reflection and observing our environment and making judgments and making comments based on what we see in front of us externally. What a lot of us could be doing more of, including myself, is more self-reflection. And that's definitely more, definitely very appropriate when it comes to constructing a vision. So the way I look at it is, there are a few questions that you should ask yourself whenever you're thinking about constructing a vision. And again, it doesn't have to be just in your career, your personal, your, your professional life. It could be something more personal, more meaningful to you, closer to home. But before you embark on that journey to create this big, masterful vision for what you want your life to look like, you have to ask yourself a few basic questions. One, do I really want this? You know, do I really want everything that is associated with it? What that does is it keeps your vision grounded alongside what your core values, wants, and desires are. Because as humans, we act and we try to act in alignment with what our core values, wants, and desires are, because that's how we navigate the world. So if we are marching towards a vision that we don't really want to do, but we're doing it because maybe someone else has said that this is what we should do, or culturally or otherwise, we've been told that this is the right way to do things and this is what the progression looks like, then we're not doing it willingly because we really want to do it. We're doing it because of an external reason, because and then it's never going to be compelling enough. And down along the road, we will either abandon it or we will do it half-heartedly and we'll never end up fulfilled because we never really wanted this specific thing. And it and because it, it wasn't in accordance with what we believe about ourselves, our values, our beliefs, our wants, it didn't jive there. So it was never going to stick. So the first question has to be, do I want this? then yeah referring yeah. to the referencing the importance of being in being in alignment right um i think that is yeah incredibly important it, it's it's definitely important i mean this actually uh leads to something else that you i i definitely think this is probably the most important thing uh, after the do i want this is why do i want this you know mm -hmm. so there is do i want this why do i want this it that has to be a central anchor to a vision or goal or dream that you set out in your life. 
why do I want this? Am I doing this to make my parents happy? You know, was it their dream for me to become a doctor? You know, was it was it my spouse's dream that, you know, I go to school and finish what I started? Was it a friend who maybe said that, you know, it would be great to start a business one day. So you know what I said, I'm going to help them make their dream a reality. I'm going to help them start a business. But is that what I really wanted to do? Like, why do I want to do this? Am I doing this because of somebody else for another reason? And I think the, the, the reason why it's so important to ask why I'm doing this is because anything that comes out of it, any actions you take, any decisions you make, any outcomes that come out of the efforts that you put into embarking on a vision or building a vision for yourself, if the why is not clear to you or the why is against kind of what you really want as a person, you may not like some of the decisions that you have to make along the way, and you may not like some of the outcomes that come from those decisions because you never really wanted to be in that position in the first place. You know, you did it because of X, Y, and Z. And maybe the reason why was not really the reason why. You know, there, there might have been a reason why you decided to do this, but it was not in alignment with kind of what you wanted to do. So when you think of, do I want to do this? If so, why do I want to do this? What you're essentially doing is you're just taking this vision and you're protecting it with those guardrails of, you're giving yourself, you're grounding it in some expectations, you know, that I'm doing this because I want to do it. I'm doing it because it's important and meaningful and personal to me. It doesn't, yeah. it's not because someone else wanted it. It's not because society said that I should do it this way. It's because I genuinely felt that it's important uh, to do it this way. And I don't feel bad about any of the decisions or any choices that I have to make as a result of, of embarking on this path, because I know it's important to me and I know why I want to do it. Yeah. You bring up such a great, a great point in terms of when you are uh, going through some sort of project adventure or chasing a goal it, uh, I think it can be incredibly powerful to actually import, proactively import like pause points where you actually ask these questions as you're progressing so that you can either A, reacquaint yourself with your goals, <laughs> your vision, even more importantly, and the why uh, to help fuel you forward. And, or it may help you calibrate and readjust to ensure that you continue to be, uh, to be alignment in, in alignment. Um, but I know, Karen, uh, the role of um, other people in your life um, can play a big, big uh, part, I think, in helping further your vision or keeping you on track towards your vision and, and otherwise as, as well. So, you know, maybe do you want to share for us, like, how do you lean on others for guidance uh, to help keep you accountable throughout, you know, your sort of journey towards your own vision? Yeah, you know what, that's, uh, that, that's a great point you bring up. and. The one thing I would like to kind of bring up, which I think all of us know, but we tend to forget sometimes, is that each of us have a support network that is bigger than any of us realize. We all have in some shape or form, we have, we have people that are around us that truly want the best for us, whether it's parents, siblings, partners, work colleagues, teachers, et cetera, et cetera. And 
can you, when you set out having a goal or a vision for your life, do you envision or is it realistic to envision that none of those people will be around you when you make this vision a reality? Are you telling me that your parents will stop being your parents once you have your vision comes true? Or that your partner stops being your partner, your children stop being your children the minute your vision comes true? They're going to be around. But by sharing your vision with them, by telling them, this is my dream, this is what I want to do, this is where I see myself in life, and this is why I see myself there, by sharing your vision with them, with the people closest to you, you are empowering them to become part of your story. Rather than bystanders, you are making them, you are actually, sorry, you are empowering them into becoming guides, mentors, and resources. And you are making them stakeholders along that path of actualizing the dream or vision that you have. The... Yeah, so, so true. Ahead, it's so true. Mm -hmm. And, 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 it, and, it, and it makes me wonder why people don't lean on others um, as, much as, as much as they should. Uh, I love how, how the concept of that they're part of the story. Uh, but I know I can relate, and I know we've chatted a little bit about this, but I can certainly relate that, um, you know, there's a lot of, I would say, insecurity or what will people think of me, right? <laughs> that, that, you know, going off on my own in my own business or starting a podcast or running right. a 5K, you know, that might seem silly or um, kind of stupid <laughs> to a lot of people. Um, what are your thoughts on, on, on sort of from that perspective, I guess, the fear or the insecurities of what people will think? I, you know what, I think that's actually the biggest fear we all have is that people around us will not understand. They will think it's dumb, silly, impractical. They, I think we as people have this tendency to assume the worst about others around us, especially when it comes to sharing our dreams and our hopes for what we want our lives to be. You're, there are certainly people out there who may not always agree with your vision. You know, they may not always think that it makes sense. But what I would say is that choose your running mates carefully. I call them running mates because you are bringing them along with you for the ride. It's not a individual sport. You know, even though you may think that making that vision a reality is just you because you're the one that kind of is fully invested in it. The more people you bring along for the ride, they are investors in your, in the company that is your vision. You know, they are, it is, it, they feel, they feel a sense of pride every time you take that one step closer because they understand why it means so much to you and they can appreciate the sacrifices and the difficulties in taking something from concept to reality, you know, and sharing and being vulnerable about what you want out of life and what your vision is, especially with those closest around you, it's it's incredibly therapeutic and powerful because it just makes it more real. It takes it from the realm of just a pure concept that maybe you're thinking about one day to, you know what, I could actually make this happen. And I have people who genuinely want it to happen for me and are willing to actually get out there and support me to, and to help make this happen. So it's important to choose 
you're running mates carefully. It's important to choose people that they don't always have to agree with you, but they have they have to understand that your vision is important to you and that they want you want it to kind of come true. They want you to may have it come true. They believe in it, but they're not afraid to push against things that maybe you are thinking about, offering their own opinion. So you don't just want yes men at the end of the day as well. You don't want people that are just going to say, yes, yes, yes. Whatever you're doing is completely right. It makes sense. They have to believe in you, but they also have to be brave enough to tell you when there might be a better way to do something, or there might be actually a better way of saying that is there might be an alternative way of doing something. So that's why I say choosing your animates carefully is a big thing because it just, when you bring the right people along with you, you have a greater chance of achieving that mission or that dream or that vision together because you have a team around you as opposed to you just running by yourself. Oh, that's brilliant. I love the, I love the concept of choosing your running mates carefully. I feel like there's, there's a lot of brilliance, a lot of brilliance there. I think they say uh, you're the average of the top five people that you surround yep, yourself with. I've heard with. that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that, you know, I joke about this. It's not like I could kick my kids out or <laughs> of the, of the play of, of, of my life. Um, but you can proactively uh, seek out uh, people who inspire you, whether they're real people, like people, your friends, colleagues, and, or even people who might be more on the different, different level, whether they're authors or keynote speakers or inspirational individuals. Uh, but the importance, right. Of, of, of choosing your, your running mates um, super carefully. Uh, and you know, you actually brought up a really good point there, Brenda, where you talked about, you know, people that you look up to, people that you can learn from. You don't always have to know your running mates on a first name basis. You know, I was talking about obviously people like people that are very close to you in life, like your parents, your siblings, your partners, et cetera, et cetera. But you and I both geek out on podcasts. Oh, yeah. We're definitely not meeting Joe Rogan anytime soon, you know, <laughs> but but we learn a lot from listening to podcasts like that, you know, or or even reading good books by authors who we admire. You don't have to meet these individuals to learn from their experiences and learn from what they've tried to do. So your running mates can be people close to you, but they can also be people whose work inspires you because Perhaps they've gone down that path before that you're starting to go down, you know, and they've made the mistakes that maybe you're going to make. And you find kindred spirits there. You know, you can understand and you appreciate what it actually takes. And then the why becomes more powerful because then you can actually see that, you know, do I really want to go through with this? Can I see myself going through with this? You know, because I've seen what it takes. I've seen that what other people have to go through to make it happen. Am I prepared for that? So you're being more honest with yourself. So I think the running mates analogy doesn't, it doesn't end with just the people closest to you. It's anybody around you who you can learn from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you and I could geek out on this topic and, and many <laughs> other topics for, for hours on end. Uh, but I feel like we have covered so much ground uh, today uh, during our discussion, you know, first off with foundationally understanding you know, what a vision is um, and the importance of having a vision and even sort of the the how to go about constructing a vision. I, I, I certainly love your model that at the foundation of everything is the vision, the why, the purpose. 
and that feeds in to uh, one's goals and the goals you know if without goals it's, it's hard to um, generate some desired outcomes as outcomes. well yeah so thank you karen I, I i really appreciate our our conversation but if if uh you know you had to leave our listeners with i i suppose three key takeaways or a few key takeaways um mm -hmm. what would they be from from our discussion or even maybe something that we we just weren't able to cover off during our brief chat today yeah absolutely and you know what you're right we could probably be talking about this for another few hours <laughs> you know and the the listeners would have gone gotten a coffee and come back we still would be talking but <laughs> i digress so in terms of takeaways one thing that i've i heard a few months ago that's stuck with me since is don't let perfect be the enemy of good you know that's one thing that i'm trying to live every day and we all envision a perfect outcome you know where everything goes completely right no hiccups you know, nothing goes wrong. Everybody is on board from the get-go and the outcome is seamless. It's rarely like that in real life. There, and especially when it comes to setting a vision, just because you sat down one day and crafted a vision statement for yourself, or you said, this is what I wanna do in life, it doesn't start and end there. Your vision, can change and it should change sometimes you know it depends on what happens in your life it depends on where you find yourself as you start to work towards that so don't be afraid if you set out on a journey to do something but midway through you realize you know what i've asked myself the three questions do i want to do this why do i want to do this can i make this happen and you find yourself saying you know what I've given it my best, but right now the why is not really as strong as it was in the beginning. It's okay to say no, pivot and adjust and chart a new vision. Just because you write one statement, that doesn't have to be the statement for life and you can never change it and you can never do anything but work towards that. It's great if you are in the situation where you create a statement, a vision, a dream for yourself and it all works out but it's also all right if you have the opportunity to pivot, pause, reflect, and change directions if you need to. So don't go out searching for that perfect vision. Craft one, get in the weeds, start making steps towards it, but always ask those key questions. The do I want it? Why do I want it? Can I see myself achieving this clearly? And based on what you hear and reflect you're the biggest you're the best judge of kind of what you're feeling at any given point in time so you'll know whether it's time to adjust or you want to continue going down that path so i just say don't let perfect be the enemy of good just take a brush and start painting on that canvas i love it i love it it definitely relates to my mantra of taking imperfect action so before i wrap up Given I am a chief happiness officer of a career and organizational happiness practice, uh, I would love to be able to pick your brain and ask a final question related to happiness. Um, sure. It can be something that was covered today or even outside of that, but I'd love to mm -hmm. leave our listeners with uh, one tried and true happiness hack uh, that you would like to share. Sure. So actually your listeners are getting a little bit of a bonus uh, material here too so while i share this it's actually one of the visions that i have for myself in life so they get to hear that as well as your happiness hack there we go i can sum up the happiness hack three words let's get physical 
In the words of the late Olivia Newton-John. It's timely and it's definitely true because I think there's a deep connection between the mind, the body, and the soul. Everything stops and starts with your body. You only get one. You treat it well. It runs for longer. It lasts longer. When you're physically fit and you're in a good space, it naturally translates into other areas of your life. You can last longer. You can do more. You live longer. You know, it's really probably the biggest happiness hack out there is don't take your body and your physical health for granted, you know, because you really only get one body and looking after it well is the key to looking after other areas in your life. I, I thank you so much. I couldn't agree more. I think we could do another podcast, a part two, <laughs> just on that, that alone. Uh, I often say when clients come to me and say, Brenda, I don't know where to start, right? Um, I just don't know where to start. And I, I agree. I, I say like, start by moving your body, but I love it. Let's just get physical. I couldn't think of a better note to wrap up uh, our discussion today. So there you have it, folks. Um, that's a wrap on one of our very first podcast episodes. And again, thank you again, Karen, for being such a, a support, a champion for being a mission and being so passionate about the space that uh, we both, like I said, uh, like to nerd out on. But thanks for coming in today. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about uh, hearing more about how your vision is coming to life. Absolutely. It was my pleasure, Brenda, and thrilled to be on the show with you. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the TGIM podcast. If you connected with anything that was discussed, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can reach me at brendapearsoncoaching.ca. Follow me on LinkedIn, where I'm pretty active. Or feel free to drop me an email at brenda at brendapearsoncoaching.ca. If you like this podcast, please rate us in your favorite podcast app and write a review. It helps others find the show and helps get the word out to a wider audience. We'll be releasing a new episode the first Monday of each month, so we won't flood your feed. Rather, we're focusing on delivering thoughtful and relevant content that you can look forward to. Special shout out goes to Carrie Janice Communications for producing this episode. Subscribe now to be sure you don't miss an episode. Have a happy day. Cheers.